0: If there are questions that you're wondering about, you know, what does this mean, or how does this work, or what are you talking about, or here's my experience, what, you know, whatever. So we'll just make a little room, and, and then we'll, we'll move to uh, contemplation. Is anybody, is there anything? <laughs> yes?
1: Can
0: you
2: give me an example of
1: contact with consciousness?
3: <laughs>
0: I'm sure we can.
4: <laughs>
3: um right now I'm sitting here and I feel I feel the the um the weight of my ropes on my skin. And I'm I'm aware of that. So in the awareness of the contact of the ropes on my skin I have the ability to notice it I'm not spacing out I'm not disinterested I'm not distracted I'm just present with it there's a sensation in my legs that's unpleasant and I'm aware of it and because I'm aware of it I'm not shifting I'm not rejecting I'm not shutting down I'm not distracting I'm just aware that it's an unpleasant sensation so it's not consciousness sense consciousness it's awareness Sense consciousness is allowing me to be a, know that the contact is there but it's actually an awareness which is a which is a which is not limited in the just the region of where the sense contact is arising Is that clear enough
1: interesting because usually in a lot of systems, consciousness is um, misunderstood as the self. Mm-hmm. So it's a, an important distinction. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Marcia. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Um, I was uh, we talked about posture and uh, the slight movement of the pelvis. I was curious about the breath and the abdomen.
3: So most of the time we don't have much awareness of our pelvis. And so that's why that particular exercise of rocking the pelvis, noticing the subtle movements of the pelvis for many people is new mm-hmm. because we don't have awareness of that part of our body. And so the, it's more common to be familiar with the breath. And certainly with the the breathing in, there's a slight tension. And with the breathing out, when we're doing regular breathing, there's a relaxation. Mm -hmm. And that the abdomen will be um, nourished slightly and slightly tense with the inhalation (coughs) and relaxed with the exhalation.
4: So when you tell this, I mean, I know it's a very subtle movement. So when it's moving, let's get it, forward, the breath is coming in, yes, or no? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say that, I think I just heard that there was uh, tension on the exhalation?
3: No. Tension, a slight tension on the inhalation because the breath is expanding yeah. the abdomen, and then on the exhalation it's relaxing. Right. Okay.
4: Just, and that, that coincides with that, the seven movement. Of, of the, the, the
3: pelvis, pelvis, yeah. Tension. Just as a question. Jess, yeah. Um, I'm imagining the insight dialogue and dependent origination I mean, I get that they're two independent really entities or frameworks, orientation, maybe even context. I'm imagining that the two of you have brought them together, like that it's not necessarily typical that dependent origination would go inside the context of insight dialogue, sort of like insight dialogue is how we're exploring dependent origination is so it like that? And mm-hmm. you could have in, you could have an insight dialogue, <coughs> lots of different kinds of foci, right, or orientations. Mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this may not be the right time for my question, which is not technical as much as it's around. Um, Any thoughts you may have about more of this integration that you've brought together here, Mm. Uh, ways to continue practice that may be like more what we have in mind for Thursday.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, it's yeah, great.
3: I thought it might be
0: too soon, but we will.
4: I'm sure it's to balance the, the um, I guess the form and, and the structure of the group and at most retreats silent um, retreats um, it's a very um, it's a very solo journey you know, there's not this kind of interaction and you know for ten days or so I finish, I, in the you hardly touch contact you hardly even and then you you part. you know, you have stories that you've made up in your head about who they are <laughs> and, and all of that. But here, um, this is a very intimate, and it's, it's kind of a a retreat slash workshop, you know. So we are interacting in different ways, and the result of that is um, is you know forming a real affection, you know. Where all the the dear hearts and willingness willingness open up hearts and have that tender place exposed. So when that happens with me, I want to know more. And I wonder and, and I and I know this time is short, but it's it talk about an unmet need actually. In the and, you know, and and well, unmet need. You know, it's in terms of there are no introductions to group this There's a certain you know for me the introductions and a little bit about people and we don't know any of that but we just get glimpses and we touch each other in the part mm-hmm. yeah. so it's interesting it's very different than yeah history.
0: yeah yeah well we'll have a little time on the last day to do that a little bit more deeply mm-hmm. but what you do connect with I think that you might not even in even if you spent all six days talking to each other
4: mm-hmm.
0: what you do get. And I think you're referencing it, Roberta, is our common humanity, you know just how
4: what it, elemental yeah, what it's
0: like to just be a people on this planet, you know, and so we can see all the different forms. I like this, I don't like that form, you know, but we we get it that the form is that's just a form. It's not it's not real. So I don't know that I call that a workshop. I mean, to me, that's... Well, it's not you know, It's
4: just it's, it's not just sitting something. It's not making it Yeah, right, right.
0: So we're that we're medi- we're meditating. We're just doing it in relationship, and and it's it's a it's a it's a whole different <coughs> a different dimension of our practice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah, Bill? Um, On the shoulders of what you just spoke, when you talk about these (coughs) forms, was that what was referenced in the chanting when it spoke about dukkha being attachment to mental form or mental construct? I I think that was one of the.
4: The,
0: the, maybe we'll do something we were talking about maybe doing something about that tomorrow um, The mental formations in, in Buddhist teaching is a little different from what we think about mental formations in sort of western psychology there it's referring to um, both emotional arisings and the thoughts the, all the different thought forms so, but emotions are considered part, part of that part of that too And we get very attached to all those different formations, those mental formations.
1: Does that cover that aspect where sometimes you tell a story so many times you begin to think that it's reality? Mm -hmm. Like that's right. Like it becomes formed (coughs) in that way.
0: That's right. And we live within our stories. Yeah. Right. This is who I am. This is who you are. There we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm this, you're that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the attachment to the form. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, and that's also the way we fix each other. <laughs> you know, so fix
0: as in stabilize, right? Is that what you mean? Or no?
3: fix as in as a form of a solid view that's unchanging about yeah. somebody. This yeah. is that I have an idea that you're this person. You have this history. You've been through these experiences. <coughs> your traumas. You know, this is how I know you to be. Right. And so, fix in that way. Fix in that way is I don't let you to flow, to move, to shift, yeah. to change, to to reinvent your narrative. I to can't de- see you any other way. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I actually don't see you. Yeah. I'm seeing the story that I have about yeah. you.
0: Yeah. You know, the yeah. Dalai Lama talks about wearing glasses. You know that we wear we, we see everything through through those through those stories through those perceptions through those stories and then we just we just don't see anything else I mean think about you know my mother or you know my mm, I don't know 8th grade teacher or something like that you know we have these you see your 8th grade teacher in the grocery store it's like (laughs) <laughs> 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 what you eat? And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and our children, right? So maybe, yeah, we might we might do something with that. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Is there an example? I know that the, the stories we're, we're talking about here are particularly healthy, being attached to the story. Uh, is there an example of a story that's healthy for us that we would be telling ourselves, or just? The story in general, because it seems like we are storytelling creatures.
0: Right. Well, the stories—it's it's not like the object is healthy or not healthy. <coughs> the what what's wholesome or not so wholesome is how we are relating to that story. The story is essential. You know, how many? What is it like? We have 90 billion neurons right now, and each neuron has 10,000 synapses. So we got all this information. <laughs> You know, that we're processing. We're, we're doing it right now. We're all doing it. So, you know, all of that times how many people are here. So there's just a ton of information processing going on. And the stories, as we grow through our lives, help us organize and navigate that. You know, I know that um, my father likes dogs. Okay. You know, you know, so it's just like it, it's a way of organizing it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just that we get so attached to our stories that when my father stops liking dogs, <laughs> or something I don't know, bad example but you know when, when that's, or, or when he likes other things in addition to dogs, or even better, my father, you know, this guy on the road, you know the other day, mm-hmm. this guy is a mean, nasty, ugly guy, you know. <laughs> And I just know that's true, and yeah. there we are. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it's very constricting. Yeah, that
0: right. And he yeah. can never change in my mind. That's who he is.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Great, thank you.
0: And it's who I am. I mean, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we do this about ourselves, mm-hmm. too. And sometimes how we do it with ourselves, the stories we tell ourselves, you know, we can say, I'm really a great artist, I'm really, you know, this, I'm that. Um, But we can also tell ourselves that we're inadequate and defective. Um, You know, the little sign that Rodney Smith has over his desk says, it is better to be wanted by the police than never to be wanted at all.
4: (laughs) <laughs> you know, but it's
0: but it's true. I mean, that we need. You know, we, we want to identify ourselves in some way that's re- that's that's stable and that's kind of organized. And so the stories help us do that, right. even if it's a story about how I'm a criminal and I'm wanted by the police.
3: Right. <laughs> we just have to be, the flexibility. Is not good. we don't want it to get so tuned into that one story that
0: there's no more flexibility. That's right. We can't change. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the attachment, it's the clinging, it's the hanging on. Yes. This is how it is. That's the problem.
4: Thank you. Yeah. So I just want to use myself as an example because I really did have that story that I feel really stupid speaking in groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really real. And I'm like ready to be so done with that. So, it's a fluid thing. <laughs> 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 and it's no scripted, but it wasn't. So, I, and I wanted the opportunity to say it in the group because okay. I really wanted it to be different. And so, right. I think it's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but you there's a the perfect example. My story, my attachment. Yep. so used to that.
0: Right. And and sometimes that conditioning will have a little bit of a lifespan, you know. We kind of, you know. <laughs> I said something, <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean even forward, I said something about myself to Ama the other day, and then I went pause. <laughs> no, let me take that back. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it was a story.
4: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah.
4: Mm. So. This is just a comment but it's still astounding to me, and I guess with your, with your science background, you probably knew this all along. The last year I did in Katrina, I think it was only 27 body parts or something, so. and what I did know, your body, this thing that we, that, we're so, that we cling to, that we don't have any original body parts left, Like <laughs> this body sitting here is not, like any part of the same body that was here 10 years ago, which Mm-hmm. I thought that was astounding because mm-hmm. we think it's just birth and death, and in between, you know, I'm of just voices and dice, voices Thank and yeah. but... Come on, sort a comment, sort of a question. When I was talking with Dumbledare before, it feels to me like the instructions for Inside Dialogue are the ways that you break the cycle of suffering there's a solvent mm-hmm. starting with the pause mm-hmm. that stops the next thing from happening mm-hmm. in dependent origination mm-hmm. I don't know if that
0: well is. The, the instructions for inside dialogue are, are just I mean basically you know if We were teaching a a silent Mm -hmm. retreat, the instructions would be basically the same, right? Mm -hmm. They would be Mm -hmm. pause, be aware of your experience, relax, be kind, Mm -hmm. open to all of it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. allow it to be impermanent, you know.
4: And I can kind of see it breaking almost every link, Mm -hmm. except I get
3: confused when we get to ignorance, because if we don't know ignorance, how do we pause?
0: I will answer
3: that one. <laughs> so, um, ignorance is a very interesting <coughs> thing to contemplate because there's two qualities about it. Ignorance is not stupid, and ignorance has the capacity of being quite tenacious. And so, the way of. the way. ignorance is not seeing things clearly. And so the way to shift from not seeing things clearly is to is to is to start looking at things with clarity. And the way to look at things with clarity is to see the four noble truths as they are arising and to practice them. So I remember Tissa was talking about, you know, living in a monastery for a while and hearing dhamma talks several times a week for decades. You know, there's certain principles that kind of are driven home and the image that she used was like a sniffer dog, you know like you know the airports, the sniffer dogs the sniffer dogs that's sniffing out where dukkha is you know, just constantly constantly, constantly, constantly constantly, constantly looking to see where there's stress not so that we can become obsessed with the stress, but so that we can look to see what the cause of it is so the cause of the second noble truth is what dependent origination is. It's the expanded version of the second noble truth. When we see that, when we begin to get the sense of the links of it, we can see the choice points, we start actually making choices, and we start seeing things with the right view, then we are practicing the Eightfold Path, and in practicing the Eightfold Path, we are shifting ignorance to knowledge. So, the thing about ignorance, it's a little bit like a yeti. You can't see it directly. You can only see the footsteps of it. So, you can't, you can't nail it directly. You can only nail it by, by, by practicing with right view, with right understanding, with right thought, with right action, with right livelihood, with, with right concentration, and with right mindfulness, you can't see ignorance directly. But sometimes what can happen is we start to learn how to track, like I mentioned this example of having this brother transference, right? So I left this experience, I had a 10 tons of bricks in my heart, I felt devastated, and I thought, what just happened? What happened? How is it that I'm feeling so heavy? And so I didn't see the ignorance, but I saw the links. Oh, I was expecting him to respond differently. And the reason why was because there's a missing piece in my family history around not feeling seen. And I was hoping unconsciously that he was going to fulfill that need. And because he didn't, it activated a childhood need that then was like an avalanche. So, the tracking mechanism allowed me to go step by step by step as to what happened. But when I was just sitting with the ten tons of bricks in my heart, I didn't know what was going on. It's like, I feel heavy. I feel devastated. I have no idea what happened.
4: And the tracking system and the directions. And inside dialogue directions are the tracking system
3: Yes and no the inside dialogue directions is to pause and to be aware of what's happening and to open to it which which is part of what was happening and then i don't know 30 years of therapy See <laughs> <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs>
0: how many years between us <laughs>
3: thirty years of therapy and being able to n- notice the 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 difference of consciousness of what I landed into, which was an early consciousness. It was a child consciousness of, of feeling helpless and powerless and and, and 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 tremendously in need. And that's a familiar experience when I when I when I knock into an early childhood need from an adult
1: so, so is the sniffer dog uh, kind of a, a felt sense that something's not right or something is that
3: yes okay. and for me it's very strongly connected to body you know, I get somatic signals of tightness or tension, or like some kind of my energy drops, so I just shut down, or I, I get tired, or something. So it, for me, there's a lot of a, a lot of body signals, flags, sniffer dog, sniffer dog, sniffer dog, sniffer dog. Something's not right. Something's not right. Sniffer dog. You know. <coughs>
0: The Buddha compared it to um, an ox cart with a wheel that was um, not set well. And so every time it turned, it went, <laughs> or a lute that's out of tune. You know? So we begin to kind of know what it feels like to feel, to be in tune, and then to be able to you know, cultivate that capacity to notice the arising of, of, of dukkha, of the arising of suffering. in <laughs> you know that place. And sometimes it's... <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, so we notice. <coughs> yeah.
2: Question about, is it necessary to actually know the past? Because in, in your example, talking about what trigger some kind of experience? Go all the way back to your infant
0: or early age. Yeah. My question is: Is that absolutely necessary, or no? no um oh, we can sort of answer that one yes and no. The answer basically is no and yes. <laughs> when I, you know, when I talked about working with something for ten years, diligently, patiently. Attentively, for 10 years, I never knew. I still don't know what the source of that was. My guess is that it was something that was preverbal, and so it wasn't accessible to my conscious mind at all, even if I stayed from eight million years in therapy.) But it didn't matter because paying attention to it just, I mean, ultimately, this is, is, I've talked about this a whole lot. Uh, Paying attention to it will ultimately soften that. However, the question that came up, one of the first questions that came up was, hey, look, I'm paying attention to this thing, you know, for 11 years, (laughs) You you know, for not even that long. I'm paying attention to this. It doesn't seem to be shifting. And there, um, it's very often the case that there we, we actually need to have what's called more psychological inquiry to kind of... Um, and not just the psychological inquiry, but the relationship that can be with someone who is not in that stuck place who can kind of help us see it from a broader perspective and begin to see what's going on and you know so that's the yes part so if we need it which we often do because all of us have these places you know a gazillion of them Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Um, and and often I was talking to somebody the other day Uh, you know, often what we get in our our teaching is either the no part or the yes part, (laughs) you know. And it's just sort of like, well, where is suffering? Where is stress? What practices help?
3: Another way that I can answer that question is is that, like in that example with me, you know, I left a situation, I had 10 tons of bricks in my heart, and I felt, what's going on? So I felt disorganized, and I felt vulnerable, and I was filled with a lot of feeling. Whatever mechanisms of tracking ended up coming up with a frame, it was like, oh, sweetheart. Mm. I understand why this is so painful for you, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: That you're doing that for yourself?
3: I was doing that for myself. So when I had the frame, when I actually understood or could make sense of it in terms of my own personal (coughs) childhood patterning, then rather than feeling agitated by it, there was this, oh, sweetheart, of course you're upset. You know, what just happened is actually very triggering for you. And this is what got triggered. So the framing for me then helped me move into being able to self-nourish in the way that I needed it. Whereas before it was like, <laughs> you know, you know, kind of like, what's happening? How do I, how do I organize? What, what? Where's mommy? Where's mommy? Mm-hmm. There's no mommy.
0: Yeah. And do you think that? The psychotherapy was, was something that helps us then to be able to see those right. links. Right, because I couldn't
3: do that until somebody entered into that space with me and then said to me, sweetheart, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of course you're upset about this. Yeah. This is actually huge. This is not small. So I had to have somebody model that for me because I didn't know that myself. And then eventually, I learned how to do it myself, to myself. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's the point that I'm trying to get to because I think it's person dependent, perhaps, because I can accept myself without reason. Mm-hmm. I can n- nurture myself and Beautiful. and accept myself. This is how I am. I feel anger or shame or whatever. I'm still whole. I'm still whole like that. And because I'm coming from my own experience, I I try not to go to find the reason. i not using a mirror, but just accepting this it's is like this. what it is here and now. Okay, I'm upset. I feel tight. Tight in chairs, tight in stomach, and. Oh after a while impermanence is shift, it changed. So I think the point I'm trying to get to is I suppose it's person dependent on experience dependent as to how this gets shift, right. this energy gets shift. And it's not necessarily how ha- have to go back to certain uh, reason or something. I'm just trying to clarify
0: if that if if the if the suffering mm. eases then awesome. Yeah. We um No, no, but I will go there. Yeah, go
4: ahead. just like to add to what Kevin said, because there was a, a story that's told by some Buddhist teachers, Western Buddhist teachers, that the Dalai Lama was having a big conference, a science conference. And there were a lot of therapists there, and uh, they started to talk about self rejection <coughs> or self hatred, and the Dalai Lama t- turned to his translator. And it took a long, long, long time for him <laughs> to can't grasp what the Western teachers were talking about. And he said that we don't have that in our culture, mm-hmm. that doesn't exist This kind of self-denial, or rejection am not good enough. So I think it's, a, a, you know, at least, in the Dalai Zama, the Tibetan culture doesn't exist, and we see it in Western. In Western culture, is very different. It's very different in terms of uh, growing up with a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So ideally, our parents, you know, when we're babies, when we're one, when we're two, when we're three, when we're four, when we're ten, when we're fourteen, as we're growing and developing this reflective capacity that Kevin's talking about, you know, that I can, I can reflect, I can know my experience, I can feel it in my body. I can reflect on it, I can see it, I can be kind. Ideally, with a parent who can do that with us, who can say, Oh honey, mm-hmm. you know, sweetheart, you know, that doggie scared you, didn't that? Mm-hmm. He was kind of frightening. He was big doggy. You know? So that we're learning from that reflection how to reflect. You know, and we're learning that if we can't reflect for ourselves, there's somebody we can go to. You know, I can go. You know, that 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 I can get help. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have that, and the reason we might not have it is because they didn't have it, and you know that our that our culture has kind of bred, mm-hmm. you know, people who are. Uh, who, who are deprived of that, and so if that's not available, then we don't we don't develop a, a robust enough. I mean, Amma's reflective capacity was incredibly robust. Huh? She know she was able to notice her experience. She was able to notice her distress. She was able to be kind. She was able to be curious. She was able to see the links. You know, incredibly robust, but. Sometimes, you know, if it's not that robust, we get derailed and then we're just wonky. I speak for myself.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Because the therapist is then re- replacing, is helping to uh, develop that reflective capacity by offering it, ideally, not, I mean, ideally, by offering it, by saying, I'm here and I'm here for you and I'm going to help you look.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: Brad. Um, I'd just like to uh, maybe bring attention to a really powerful aspect of your story, and I'm assuming that with all that tracking and robust consciousness in that moment, you were able to uh, work with any judgment or blame that was projecting your experience onto this gentleman? Was that part of the process, that in seeing... Your tender wound and, and how much of it was yours, you were able to then uh, not have blame come up towards the person that created the pain? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: My response in that situation was not to blame, it was to withdraw. Mm. So, I felt hurt and tender and vulnerable, and so i I withdrew emotionally withdrew, and it took a bit for me to have access to myself, and then it took quite a bit longer for me to re engage with them okay. but there was no blame right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. and that process was just it, sometimes that just takes time
3: it does it just takes time it takes as long as it takes, and the the more kind I am around it the less I put pressure and demands that it has to finish according to some kind of a schedule and the more I'm able to stay with the tracking without blaming or shaming either myself or them yeah
4: Bruce got a question
1: How to articulate this, like what happened with me today, the impulse to ask what was happening instead of just what is my experience now, what is my experience now, to ask what is happening or why is this happening or where did this come from? I know would have robbed me of going deeper into the experience. Mm. And I know that's not what you're talking about, but for me it's important for me to clarify. For Mm. myself, I'm, uh, like you talked about that experience and, and having that framework of, oh, of course this hurts. It comes from here. allowed you to relax deeper into it. So I could see it's just helpful for me to have the inquiry question of if I'm asking questions that include mm-hmm. historical, psychodynamics like or causation, just does this help me be more present yeah. and relaxing in my experience? Mm-hmm. Yes. I just needed to say that out loud for myself. Right. Because right. I could have gone that direction and lost mm-hmm. something
0: that was really precious to me today.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or does it deepen the suffering? Yeah. Right. So, awesome. Thank you. you.
4: Okay.